Hey, fresh ad read today because I want you to know that my new book, Motivation for Regular People, Reframing Your Drive to Pursue Your Goals and Achieve Your Potential, is coming out on November 14th of this year. This book is the culmination of all the research I've been doing on motivation for the last six months. In this book, you'll gain a fresh perspective on how motivation actually works, and by the time you finish reading, you'll understand how to leverage your motivation to accomplish your most important goals. I'm so excited for this book to come out, and you don't have to wait until November 14th to purchase your copy. In fact, you can go on Amazon and pre-order your copy today, and you'll receive an instant download via Kindle whenever the book becomes available. You can also wait to buy the paper book on November 14th if you want to have a copy to take notes in, or if you want to bring me a copy and have me sign it for you. That's totally fine as well. I'll include a link to the book on Amazon in the show notes if you want to go ahead and pre-order, and I would be honored if you would help spread the word about the book to others who may also be looking for some extra motivation. As a special treat for listening to the show, I'll include a link to read the introduction right away for free on my website. You can hit pause and read it now if you want, or you can wait until you finish listening to the awesome conversation that you're about to hear. Hello and welcome to the Motivation for Regular People podcast, where you'll find all the inspiration you need to start, continue, and finish the goals that matter most to you. My name is Brady Ross. I'm the host of this podcast, and I'm so glad that you have joined us today. This episode is going to teach you about how you can move forward and take action even when you don't have all the facts yet. A lot of times we like to wait until our plan is perfect or until we've identified every possible obstacle before we start doing something new or challenging. And as you're going to hear from today's guest, that's not the right approach. We need to be willing to move forward, to take initiative, to get the ball rolling, even when it doesn't feel like the plan is perfect yet. I'm excited for you to hear more about this concept. Before we get started, quick reminder to subscribe to the show if you haven't already done so. We release a new episode every Thursday along with a few bonus episodes each month and you'll always be aware when those new episodes come out if you will subscribe to the show. I would also love it if you would give us a quick rating and a review if you find the content helpful that will enable us to grow our platform and take this important message to more people who may benefit from hearing the conversations on this show. Today you're going to hear from Elijah Weaver. Elijah is actually someone who I knew in college, but Elijah has gone through a lot of changes and transformations since the time when we really knew each other. Currently, he's living in Oklahoma City, working as a personal trainer and writer. He's very passionate about pursuing wisdom and excellence. Like many of us, his life changed quite a bit whenever the pandemic struck in 2020, but he was able to use some of those challenges as opportunities and fuel to really build the life that he is now living today. So I'm excited for you to hear what he has to say. I think you're going to really benefit from hearing his story and insight on topics like personal fitness and philosophy. So let's dive into the conversation. Here's Elijah. Elijah, thanks for coming on the podcast. I'm excited to hear more about your story and this transformation that you've experienced. Yeah, man, I'm super glad to be here. So we were in school together for a few years. The last that I remember of you is you were at Yale studying divinity. 
And now I'm following you on social media and I'm seeing some stuff about a consulting business and working as a personal trainer and doing all these push-ups and pull-ups. What's changed? <laughs> yeah, doing a lot of push-ups and pull-ups for sure. Uh, well, a lot, man. I mean, on one hand, like the whole world has changed since we knew each other at OC because we went through this crazy pandemic right so there's kind of just this this understanding that like no matter who i run into today i understand that they've probably been through something crazy because we all have so that's kind of thrown in there um okay so i i did go to yale i went to yale divinity school uh that was my my goal to do that while i was in college i wanted to study to get into yale um to continue to study theology and religious studies um really loved my time there is really impactful in a lot of ways. Uh, and I won't get into that, but I mean, you can imagine going from a small liberal arts school like Oklahoma Christian, which is, you know, excellent in its own way to a 300 year old school, essentially like Yale, uh, with its pedigree was, was really a big jump and a great challenge. And also something that I'll treasure forever. Um, at the same time, I left Yale after studying kind of aimless, uh, I just didn't really know what was next. I was kind of burnt out with academia. I'd always thought I'd wanted to go into academia. Uh, I was especially interested in um, religious studies and specifically ethics and how 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 to lead your life. Um, and so while I was at Yale, I kind of got into philosophy and that began what's continuing today. And I'll get into that in a little bit, but really just reading uh, the Western tradition of philosophy. Um, but when I was at Yale, I graduated kind of aimless, like I said, not sure where to go. Um, and so I entered kind of surprisingly, I entered after Yale into a period of a um, lot of anxiety, which was rooted in uh, a kind of insecurity, uh, a self-doubt, wondering, you know, to myself, where did I go wrong? I was at Yale and then I won't go into all the details, but we moved to Malibu uh, to work at a university, my wife and I, and then COVID hit. So we got back to Oklahoma. And before I know it, it's been a year since I graduated this Ivy League school with big dreams. And I'm working as a project manager for a random corporation in my living room uh, with really no idea of one, how I got there, but also how am I where do I go from here? You know, I, I, I'm somebody with a lot of passions and ideals, and I've had those for a long time. But when I got there, you know, in my living room in summer of 2020, I kind of felt like um, uh, an engine revving that was stuck in a garage or something. And I, I mentioned that to you already, uh, because I wasn't sure exactly where to go or how I was going to get out or what I needed to do. But I just felt really anxious, I anxious for myself and for my future. And so that started impacting my sleep. Now I've had insomnia for years, but my insomnia got terrible during that period from late 2019 through, you know, just continuing into 2020 and on. And so I realized I needed to do something. I needed to do something about that because I was anxious. I was working from home. I wasn't moving a lot. I wasn't sleeping and I was just feeling crummy. And I thought, well, hey, I've got control over my body to an extent. I can get it into the gym. Uh, I was pretty scrawny at that point. I don't know if you remember, probably, you know, 100, 180 pounds or so through college. 
um, did some, some exercise here and there ran for a long time. But during that time in 2020, I just decided I want to, I want to discipline my body, uh, in the gym. I want to put on weight. I want to get stronger. You know, I thought maybe if I can get stronger physically, I can get stronger mentally, sort of fortify myself against the insomnia and anxiety and so on. So that started this really what became a kind of fitness transformation. Uh, I started going to the gym, rain, sleet, or snow. And we actually had several ice storms that year where me and my brother would just, we would slide down the street <laughs> into the gym, literally car, no, no, no foot on the gas, just sliding on the ice to get into the gym parking lot, a 24 hour gym. <laughs> so we just made it our, our intention to do that. And we got it done. And I will say like that discipline of going to the gym, uh, and slowly seeing this transformation happen at a time when I felt like I didn't have any control. Remember, like I, I felt like that picture of being in a car with a loud engine, but not being able to go or move anywhere. It was very kind of, uh, I can't think of the word, but I definitely felt uh, kind of motionless in a way, buzzing inside, but motionless. And so I was able to put a lot of that energy into working out and then to start seeing those transformations. So I was able in about a year's time, maybe six months or so, I packed on 25 pounds of, of course, some of it was, was, you know, just eating weight and probably fat, but really transformed my body. Uh, and that was just fantastic for me because it proved to myself that if I stuck with something consistently, even while life wasn't perfect on the side, I could still initiate change. Um, and so that's kind of the beginning of, of this journey. This is so interesting. So let me reflect on what I'm hearing. So I'm thinking about you back in Oklahoma after the pandemic shuts down campus at Pepperdine, which I remember well, because my sister was a student at Pepperdine at the time. And so she also came from Malibu back to Oklahoma City. And you're sitting in your living room and there's this tension between your reality and your expectations of where you should be. And just this feeling of helplessness, which I think a lot of people can identify with when things start happening that are outside our control because we're hardwired for that as human beings, right? We want to be in control. We crave control, but you look around and you realize I don't have control over much right now. Although here's one thing that I can control. And it's an area where it sounds like you had not very much experience in like you maybe were running before, but didn't know like how to lift weights, like how to make progress there, but you just stuck with it and were consistent. And then over time, six months to a year, you saw significant progress. And it's cool to see how that unlocked so much for you, not just in the physical realm, but it sounds like other areas as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. I mean, you know, especially for for, for men, I think um, that's just all I can really speak to. But being able to, two things happen when you get into fitness and start lifting weights. One, uh, you tran you see literal transformation. You pack on muscle, your body looks different, you become stronger, and that affects so many areas of your daily life. The second thing is you gain a brand new sense of confidence. And partly that confidence comes about through now knowing that if you stick to something, you can enact serious and tangible change. And in a world where we have control over so little pandemic or not, that's an important thing you know, to realize is that, oh my goodness, if I do this, if I chip away at the marble every day, 
I can actually create something at the end. Um, and, and the second part of that confidence is just, uh, you know, looking better and feeling better and all of the physiological changes that packing on muscle and losing fat makes happen. Um, and so, yeah, it, it impacted, I mean, there were other areas of my life that were still impacting the sleep, uh, anxiety was still here, but it definitely, I mean, it really did temper both of those. And so while I felt like prior to that, I was living on the edges, I was just living on the extremes of exhaustion, lack of sleep, anxiety. I moved the dial much closer to the middle. Hmm. Yeah, that's so cool. I think that we all experience different vehicles for transformation and even to work in motivation, since that's what the podcast is about. We all have different experiences that teach us something about how motivation works in a general sense, but then also for us as individuals. And for some people, it's fitness. For some people, it's relationships. For other people, it can be work or business. But we go through these experiences where we learn about the the control and the agency that we do have. And it's cool to see how those experiences manifest into other areas of life as well. So thinking about that, when you look back over your fitness experience over the last two or three years, what has that taught you about how motivation works for you? I think about this almost every day. Uh I think about it because if I'm not actively reflecting on my betterment and what I'm going to do with each day that I'm given, then there's always the possibility of stalling out, right? And so something with fitness that I reflect on a lot is I cannot rely on external motivation. Uh, external motivation, whether in the form of um, you know, quotes or even stories from other people's lives, all, all these ways that we, we get external motivation. Maybe it's a cup of coffee, you know, a rush of endorphins that you have, or a picture you see on the TV, whatever it is, I can't rely on that because I know that that's going to come and go. And I can maybe rely on external motivation to get to the gym, you know, once a week, but in order to do what I know I need to do, which is get after it every single day, I've learned that I have to figure out a way uh, that I can maintain that discipline without relying on something external to me. And so that touches on a word I just used, discipline, that I really rely on. And so this goes back to um, you know, my reading philosophy. And I mentioned that because I've, I spent so much time, so many years reading philosophy. What's philosophy about? Philosophy is about making your life better. Philosophy is about figuring out how to take what you've been given at any given time and put practices into place in order to make your life better. Um, or as there's this quote I love from Socrates in the symposium, he says, through virtue, virtue is the practice of philosophy, we can become friends of the gods. And, and that to me is like the best definition of philosophy. We sort of, through the practice of virtue, we rise above our state that we're in right now in order to literally transform ourselves or elevate ourselves beyond what we were. And so I was reading philosophy for years, but it didn't click with me that philosophy was about getting up and making moves about acting, not just thinking. So I would think about philosophy, you know, I would reflect on it. I thought, you know, I had to figure out the right uh, theory and sort of say, okay, this is what I believe in the world. This is my philosophy. Um, and then something clicked and 
realized, okay, and part of this was through working out, like philosophy is about instituting new actions in order to make yourself better. That's what the ancient philosophers are talking about. Uh, and so the way that they did that, uh, and you can read this in Aristotle, especially, he was so keen on discipline. So he's like, hey, most of us, as much as you want to do something, and I could relate to this, as much as you want to get something done, the likelihood is once that passion hits, you know, to do something else, you're going to succumb to that passion instead because our wills are so weak. So he knew that in order to fortify your will against the whims of passion, you have to institute, you know, literally like um, put onto your calendar activities that you were going to do every day. These activities are habits, rain, sleet or snow. And you're going to go do those because those habits after time are going to become your nature, which is something that Epictetus says later, later habits become nature. And so when I got that in my mind, that's how I was able to start. Uh, I was kind of already doing that without adding that philosophical piece. And then once I made that connection, like, oh, this is what I've been reading about for years. That has become my source of motivation, if you will, is. Well, I not relying on motivation, but relying on discipline, you know, mm -hmm. it's like. Most days still, Brady, I don't want to go to the gym. I'll find a million excuses not to go to the gym or not to wake up early or not to go on a run or not to work even. I, mean, I won't get into all the things I have to do, but we'll just stick with going to the gym. I literally, if it's just me, I'll think of 10 things before breakfast to do that I need to do instead of go to the gym. But I have just written it down on the calendar, made it a, a discipline for so long, like I'm going, I don't care what I think, I'm just getting in the car and going, that now, even if I think of a million things to do, it's like brushing my teeth. I'm just like, I got to go to the gym. I'm going, I mean, it's almost mechanic, you know, mechanical. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of where I am now with it. Yeah, it's so good because it takes the ambiguity out of motivation or drive or these things that can be a little more abstract if left unhinged. And you can almost approach that other sort of thinking as a noble obstacle, if you will. It's like, I can't act until I have the perfect plan. I can't do anything until I'm 100% certain that I'm going about it the right way. But based on what you just said, I'm I'm feeling like that that perfect plan or that perfect ideal, whatever it might be, is is unattainable. And so we have to be ready to take action even if we're not completely confident that it's the right, I don't want to say the right pursuit, but the perfect pursuit, if you will. Like we've got to be brave and courageous enough to say, yeah, this this might be wrong, but I would rather start now and learn something that's going to help me refine it along the way than waste time continuing to think over and over again about like, is this perfect? Could it be better? Those are things that we do as we do the work, right? But they're not things that should prevent us from getting started. Yeah, yeah, no, you said that really well. And it makes me think uh, this outline that I, I've i created, um, which is sort of inspired by Aristotle, especially one of the great ancient philosophers, but I use this for my fitness clients and it comes with three steps. So number one is your what or your why, which is your desire. Number two is your how, which is the information you need to get to that desired goal. And number three is the win, which is the habits uh, and, and you know, the, the specific disciplines you need to do based on the information you have in order then to achieve that desire. So this is how often you need to do it and what you need to do. Um, and so the way I, you know, thinking about what you just said, it's like, I think what's pretty vital is first figuring out the what, 
And most people actually don't know what they want. And I, I fall into this camp often. We wake up and we go about our days without ever actually reflecting on what it is we want. And, you know, whether whether that's what it is you want five years from now, 10 years from now, or what you want to accomplish today. I mean, actually asking ourselves, like, what do I want? What is my goal? What is my end goal? Uh, is very rare. And so that's what I try to get people to ask themselves. What do you want? And that'll throw people off as soon as you ask them, like, I, I don't know, I want breakfast. Like, no, no, what do you want? You know, what do you want to achieve? So if somebody can then figure that out. So for me, it's like, okay, I'm I'm not sleeping well. I have anxiety. What do I want? I, you know, I'm I'm weak and scrawny. I want to be in a place where I am stronger. I have less anxiety and I'm uh, sleeping better and I have more muscle. Okay, so that's my desire. Now I got to figure out the information, the knowledge, the the uh, the how to get me there. Now this is where it doesn't have to be specific. So I'm like, well, what do you need to do? Very general. I'm going to go to the gym four times a week. I'm just going to show up at the gym and I'm going to lift weights. What specifically am I going to do? That's where now we get to the habits. And so what I figured out is like, uh, you could say, okay, I'm going to go to the habits or you go to the habits. I'm going to go to the gym four times a week at 8 a.m. I'm going to do chest, back, shoulders and whatever. I'm going to get there. And as I show up, I figure out the details of that information that I really need. So it's kind of like this cycle is like, you're what you need a little bit of the how, and then you need to just start implementing and the when and how often. And once you're implementing, you're going to keep going back to the how the information, you're going to learn more and more and more, but you want to get to the when and how as fast as you can. So you can just start showing up. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of the framework I use. Um, and then the more you do that, the closer you're getting to that, that what. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And it makes those goals more tangible because it's one thing to say, I want to put on 25 pounds of muscle or I want to write a book or I want to start a business. And the weird thing with those is you get a little bit of a dopamine release, even just from saying those things out loud, because you're getting excited about the possibility of accomplishing something. But as you said, you still have so much more work to do. It's not enough to say, this is what I want. You've got to say, this is how I'm going to do it. This is when I'm going to do it. And then locking that in through discipline, through habits, through commitment devices, one of my favorite techniques for actually getting the things done that I say that I want to do. But if you're able to do those things well and then be consistent with them, like you said earlier, that's how you really get on that path to success. Definitely. Yep, absolutely. And I think, you know, something we lack a lot of today is people people use the excuse, like, I don't have enough information. But yeah, we're always, it's funny because we're also in information overloaded but when it comes to instilling goals you're instilling habits to reach goals like well i don't have enough information well you can always get enough pretty fast to start doing something and and i always stress like don't let information be about be a barrier to actually doing and this is where if you think about my own journey that i shared I was an information seeker. I was reading, 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 reading. You know, I've I've been in the field of academia. Uh, And in my mind, that's kind of, if I look at it in the cycle I built, that's how people get stuck in that number two, it's information. But at some point I had to start acting. And once I started acting, that's when you actually have the raw material to then go back to information and say like, okay, I'm going to the gym four days a week. What exactly do I need to do to implement the change that I'm after? Yeah. I love that. Elijah, this has been such a good conversation. I love getting to hear more about your journey and what you're learning along the way. If there's someone who wants to learn more about you, connect with you, maybe learn about how you help your clients in personal training and some of the other things you're doing, where can people connect with you? 
Uh, I'm on Instagram at elijah.a.weaver. Facebook, Elijah Weaver. Uh, And then I'm also on LinkedIn um, at Elijah Weaver. So (laughs) if you know my name, you know where to find me. Yeah. Just (laughs) default to Elijah Weaver and you should have an easy time finding Elijah. So that's great. Well, Elijah, thanks again. Enjoyed catching up and getting to pick your brain a little bit. It was a pleasure, Brady. Thanks, man. Thank you to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. Recently, I was feeling overwhelmed with all of the responsibilities I was juggling in my work and personal life. I signed up for BetterHelp and scheduled my first online therapy session. To be honest, I was a little nervous about meeting with a therapist online, but I was matched with a great therapist who offered me a fantastic experience. She helped me tremendously in our first session, and I noticed an instant difference in my mental health. BetterHelp is the world's largest therapy service, and it's 100% online. With BetterHelp, you can tap into a network of over 30,000 licensed and experienced therapists who can help you with a wide range of issues. To get started, you just answer a few questions about your needs and preferences in therapy. That way, BetterHelp can match you with the right therapist from their network. Then you can talk to your therapist however you feel comfortable, whether it's via text, chat, phone, or video call. You can also message your therapist at any time and schedule live sessions whenever it's convenient for you. If you're matched with a therapist who isn't the right fit for any reason, you can switch to a new therapist at no additional charge. With BetterHelp, you get the same professionalism and quality you expect from in-office therapy, but with a therapist who is custom-picked for you, you also get more scheduling flexibility and a more affordable price, especially when you get 10% off your first month by signing up at betterhelp.com mfrp. That's betterhelp.com mfrp. Check it out and sign up today.